Digital transformation is hard, especially when all of your data is spread across hundreds or thousands of systems. How do you connect them all and work faster and more efficiently across the business? Lindsay Irvine, the Senior Vice President and CMO of MuleSoft, joins us on this episode of IT Visionaries to explain the answer, APIs and broad integration. Enjoy this episode. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform. This episode is part of a special series on the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the platform that powers the world's number one CRM. In this series, executives from Salesforce will discuss how using 10 innovative technologies, including AI, blockchain, and automation, can help you drive the digital transformation of every experience and get you closer to your customers. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org, and we are very high in the Salesforce Tower. Not at the top, but somewhere near the top here. Lindsay, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm doing great. We are going to be talking about integration today, the future of integration. We're going to talk about APIs uh, and every every cool thing that's going on at MuleSoft and Salesforce. But first, how did you get into technology in the first place? Oh, easy question to start. How did I get into technology? I actually started in healthcare, had the the big ambition of saving the world uh, and changing the healthcare system. And as I got into it, realized that technology was probably going to be my best shot at doing that. So I helped start a company, a gentleman, gentleman named Adam Bosworth, who's now at AWS. And we started a health IT company and helped drive that for several years. And from there, got into Salesforce and was incredibly passionate by the company's mission and business as a platform for change and have had a great journey here, leading different parts of the business. And now I'm excited to be at MuleSoft and the change we're making. So let's get into the future of integration uh, and APIs. For those of our listeners, I mean, I think the vast majority of our listeners do know what APIs are, but for those who don't, I guess, what's, why is this so important? You know, we've seen kind of the stats that the average enterprise has more than 900 systems. We kind of all know that connecting these is feels hard or impossible at times. But like, what's the, what's the scope of the problem? I guess it's important to start with, you know, integration has been around for a long time. People have been integrating data from different systems with custom code and different approaches. The reason this is so strategic right now and such a hot topic is because the business is under phenomenal pressure to change, to go faster, to do more, to innovate, and to digitally transform. Every industry is in the midst of this digital transformation. And at the center of it is the customer saying, hey, I want an integrated, connected experience. I want from my healthcare company, my financial services company, my consumer goods company, I want that consumer experience I've come to expect. And in order to deliver that, you need data that is trapped in all of these, you know, on average 900 systems of which only 29% are connected. So how do you unlock the goodness of data across systems to deliver on the connected experiences of today's customers and to help your business digitally transform? The challenge is that the integration problem has gotten harder, not easier. So think of the move to cloud, right? There's now not, you know, just Oracle and SAP and kind of the big legacy infrastructures. You now have thousands of cloud applications that have data in them. So you actually have more to connect to, not less. 
So it's not just about figuring out how to integrate data. You have to integrate in a whole new way. And you have to integrate in a way that actually gives you scale, gives you speed, and creates more agility, not less. And at the heart of that is the concept of the API. Yeah, and, you know, we were talking before this about, you know, the concept of shadow IT and and kind of like how this is a, an evolving term for CIOs to figure out what is happening out there, what is happening in spreadsheets, what's happening in, uh, in applications that people are buying off the shelf with a credit card and they're not necessarily tracking. What is the importance of having an API? Like what does or having integration, having like an any point platform, what does that allow CIOs to do? Yeah, so I'll break it apart into two things. So first is what is integration, right? So think of integration in kind of three ways. One, integrate systems, on-prem, in the cloud, wherever that data is. Two, when you integrate it, unlock your data and be able to actually connect data. We think of it as unification of data. And three, so what? right? The so what of integration is so you can use that data to create connected experiences. So those are really the key concepts of integration. The API is a way to do that, to create reuse. It's a way to connect data, integrate data, unlock data that gives you building blocks you can build on for each and every project. And that's at the core of this transformation, which is IT, as you said, IT is under all this pressure to do more by the business, Mm -hmm. right? And to innovate faster. And what's happening is because IT has felt like this black box. The business is going out and creating their own shadow IT orgs and innovating themselves. And so IT is looking for a way to do more faster and kind of get a hold on this. And APIs give them the ability to do it because APIs give them a way to unlock data from core systems, govern those APIs, but then also make them reusable for the broader organization. So say a business analyst or an architect in line of business has an idea of a problem they want to solve for a customer, they can now go get that API that's owned by IT and governed by IT and use it to drive a customer experience. So IT gets to still kind of hold the keys to the data kingdom, if you will, but they can now unlock that and expose it to the rest of the business in a way that lets everyone innovate outside of the four walls of IT. And that becomes critical. It actually makes IT a strategic enabler of innovation as opposed to what is otherwise seen today as kind of the barrier to innovation. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk a lot about not wanting IT to be, you know, the red light, that they just have to say no to everything. And, you know, it's a cost center for a lot of companies and they aren't, you know, working that closely with customers. And now as we see the savvy CIOs and and technology leaders shifting their mindset and getting closer to the business, working directly, you know, with them a lot more, and then also working directly with their customers a lot more so they understand it, they're starting, you know, to learn about more and more kind of systems that are that are happening that they might not particularly know about, or they do, and start asking those questions like why. And then that's, you know, when you have APIs and you have, or you have integration, then you can figure out, you realize this system that you think is working so well actually doesn't really do much. Like we're not really getting anything from this. Uh, it's not pulling any relevant data in. I was interested, I was just in, in London and I was meeting with a group of CIOs and they are now getting pulled into CEO meetings and board meetings. And to your point, it's not just, hey, let's work together. What the CEOs and the boards are saying is we need to go faster. We need to, in order to win and compete, we have to out-innovate. IT, here's the four business things I want to do. Can you deliver them in the next six months? Yep. 
right? And so IT is realizing, okay, I have to change the way I operate. I have to change the way I build and deliver. And at the heart of that is this concept of the API. And yet what the CIOs are struggling with is how do I explain the need for a fundamentally new way of building and operating, which is API-led, API-led integration? How do I explain that to the business in a way that's not scary and yeah. non-technical? Because at the end of the day, it really is just a service that creates reuse. And here's an interesting analogy that one of the CIOs shared with me to kind of get their business behind this concept is, okay, you want to go faster. You want to deliver all these transformations. Great. Think of think of the, the car manufacturing analogy. Do you want to build a Ferrari every single time? Custom make the Ferrari, custom make the leather, custom paint, custom stitching, or do you want to build the manufacturing delivery process and get 70% of the way there building using the same components every single time? And if you want to change the color or change, you know, the leather, great, custom build that. But everything else should be standard components. That's going to be faster. That's going to be cheaper. Which one do you want? And the business is like, well, I want I want the faster, cheaper one. Yeah. They're like, cool, that's APIs. Yeah. I'm going to change my business and change my IT operating model, and I'm going to go do that. So what are some examples that, you know, in the companies, some of those CIOs that you're working with that, you know, have been able to leverage this to, to have some huge results? Yeah. So two examples come to mind, one kind of larger enterprise and one mid-market. So one is Unilever. So Unilever, you know, I'm sure everyone knows largest, one of the largest consumer goods companies in the world, been around for literally over 100 years and sell any number of products. Unilever realized they've been a traditional B2B company, right? You go buy their ice cream, their Ben & Jerry's ice cream or other projects, products in stores. I mean, I don't buy the ice cream anytime. No, I mean, neither clearly, do I. Clearly, yeah, I don't eat a no. lot of ice cream. But, ice cream's uh, not good ever. Yeah. No. But um, for those that like ice cream, when I buy it for my friends. Right, yeah, of course. Sure. And like, let's say you wanted to buy an ice cream. Do you always want to have to go to a store? Maybe you want to go on your phone and actually, like, custom make a cool Ben & Jerry's ice cream that suits your taste buds, right? And, like, get a cool logo painted on it and get it shipped directly to your house. Why should you not be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. So as an example, Unilever saw a huge opportunity to build a connection with you, the customer. Delight you by creating an app-like experience where you can purchase their products right from the phone. That's a shift in their business model. So how do they go from a B2B company and a B2B orientation to an interactive, personalized B2C experience and meet you not just on a Unilever site, but wherever you're purchasing, Amazon, any other channel. So that was a big shift for them because they have all of these different business units, many of which were acquired. They have data stored in literally hundreds of different systems. And they have all of these different front-end applications, none of which talk to each other. So if they were going to shift to a B2C environment and actually deliver an experience you'd use, they had to start with integration, right? They had to connect data from all those systems. And so that's where they use MuleSoft. So MuleSoft is the world's leading integration platform that helps companies like Unilever manage that end-to-end lifecycle from design to build, test, deploy, and manage. And what MuleSoft helped Unilever do is actually connect data across all their systems, So that was the first thing is, okay, how do I get insights on what my shoppers are buying? So they connected that data, but they took an API-led approach to connecting that data, right? So they built an API so that they could reuse it for other projects instead of custom code it. The next project was, well, I want to take that shopper data and I want to combine it with every other thing I know about my customer. 
Well, that data lived in a lot of different places, including Salesforce. So they used that single API, and then they connected it with data from other systems to build a single view of the customer API. Mm -hmm. Well, that's cool. That's, you know, understanding and analysis. But what if I want to then create that e-commerce experience? I need to expose that data through an e-commerce channel. So they had acquired a company called T2. And instead of having to build that full e-commerce experience from scratch, would have taken literally years, they were able to deliver that in a matter of months because they used the APIs of past projects. So they delivered that first e-commerce experience in a matter of months. And then in a matter of weeks, they were able to turn that e-commerce experience into other channels in other countries. Because again, they pulled from APIs of the past projects. So that's what we call the power of the application network. If you build a project at a time, an API at a time, what emerges is this concept of an API economy and application network that lets you go faster and do more. So that's one example is Unilever. Another is Ashley Stewart. So Ashley Stewart is more of a mid-market company. That's um, my cousin's name, funny enough. Ashley Stewart? <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ashley. Well, there you go. Shout out to Ashley. They have, for those who don't know Ashley Stewart, you should go actually check out the background. They have done, talk about a business doing good for the world. Mm -hmm. They have literally built a business empowering women primarily to really run these stores and survive and create their thrive in their own world selling Ashley Stewart products. But it's really, it's, it's, it's an incredibly powerful business story. So I encourage you guys to check it out. At the heart of that, in order to, like, they fundamentally changed and reoriented their business and their business model. And their CIO realized that to do that, again, they had to think differently. They had to structure differently. They really needed to be a retail company wrapped in a digital platform. And at the heart of that digital platform was APIs. And as a result, they've seen mass, massive growth massive acceleration in the market. They've done incredible amounts of good for the people that work for them, and they're going faster and doing more than their competitors. Do you think that the way, because one, one of the huge kind of like scares is these, you know, you kind of have these B2B or manufacturing company or whatever it is that sells, you know, directly to a business or through resellers or whichever it is. And now, like for the first time are kind of saying like, hey, we can go direct to our customers, but like our entire company is not, is not, you know, built that way. Kind of like the Unilever example. I mean, obviously this is a loaded question that APIs can help you do that. But what do you think, like, where do you think people are at in their, you know, digital transformation to get started with something like that? Because I think that part of the difficult part that, you know, CIOs are looking at is, hey, we have, you know, 900 systems. Hey, we, if we need to figure out the technology that allows us to go directly to a consumer, you know, like you said, that could be a multi-year journey. Um, so, like, how do you get started? Well, I, to your point, loaded questions. So let me unpack it for a second. <laughs> I think that where you started was, you know, how do you make the shift from B2B to B2C when the majority of your company has been built on a B2B operating model? So I, I think what we're seeing, hearing from customers is it's not a hard right. You know, it's not a hard pivot where they let go of their B2B space or their channel distribution. Yeah, totally. Like they do both, right? And so it's, but how do you, again, this comes back to then IT delivery. So if the business needs to do both, they need to serve their B2B, they need to keep their partners happy, continue distributing through that channel, and at the same time, kind of create this entirely new B2C orientation, two things are critical. One, you got to believe the old ways of delivering and building just aren't going to work. You totally. can't hire enough developers to go maintain your current operating model, especially at scale, and fundamentally build an entirely new B2C distribution mechanism. Not to mention the key with B2C 
you got to meet your customers where you are. Totally. They don't just want to go on your app. Like they're on WeChat. They're on Facebook. They're on Amazon. Like you got to plug into all these channels and those channels change every time. So flexibility and the ability to kind of snap in and snap out different front ends and different back ends yeah. is the way of the future, right? Well, and, you know, we talk a lot about the fact that, you know, B2C and B2B are blending a lot anyways, because the end, the end B2B consumer wants a pretty seamless uh, customer experience. Yeah. So you see, and like, you know, the rise of a lot of different technologies that were built by consumer app creators and people who built with extremely seamless uh, customer experience in mind. Like there's a reason why those are doing so well in the right. B2B world. So kind of- It blends. Yeah, absolutely. They're blending. Yeah. Well, and this is the notion of, okay, so they're blending. So you got to you got to create that seamless, the, the the battleground is connected seamless customer experiences for B2B or B2C. Mm -hmm. How do you do both? How do you keep your business running? And I hear this all the time from customers. Okay, I got to, my most important person is the person that owns my major revenue channel. Yeah. But my most important person in the future is not that person. It's the person that owns my digital platform. Yeah. But I got to keep the lights on while I go build the future. And so again, it all comes back to IT. So two po important points. How does IT deliver faster and do more? Which again, I would argue at the heart of this has to be a new approach. And one where you build a project at a time. And this gets to your second question, where do you start? So we don't see customers starting with this notion of building a full application network. They pick a hard problem, right, that the business needs to solve. They understand what systems need, what data is needed to solve that problem. What are the kind of business processes and what is that front end user experience? Then they go build that with a set of APIs. Then they post those APIs to what we call Exchange. Think of that as the marketplace for APIs, the app store for APIs, which means when they have the next hard business problem, instead of building from scratch, where do they go? Their marketplace for APIs. They pull from what's there, they add to it, and then they build a few more and they post it back. Yeah. So then you start to get this flywheel effect, which lets you do more, do faster. And over time, you can then start to kind of get off the old legacy infrastructure, right? Or at least not be so tethered to it. And you can start to move into these new channels. And McDonald's is an interesting example, actually. They, one of the things that they had to pivot really quickly was Uber Eats was actually starting to really eat into their margins and eat into their business. Oh, that makes sense. And so they realized the, the CIO was given a task that said, okay, you got to go solve for, you got to go solve for this problem. And because he had built on MuleSoft, on APIs, <clears throat> he had built an integration into WeChat in the past. He used that same set of APIs and was able to deliver the Uber Eats McDonald's app in six weeks. Wow. And the business was just like, what happened? This is unheard of. So it's that notion of if you're going to go B2B and B2C and all of this is blurring and it becomes about connected experiences and IT has to go faster, you have to think in a way that creates agility, that creates scale. And if you do this, it gets back to what we said earlier. You got to like unlock innovation outside of just IT, but IT has to govern it because this is something I hear a lot too, which is, okay, that sounds scary. If I unlock, you know, innovation outside of IT, is all the work just going to fall back on IT? Yeah, totally. Right? And so this is where the API also becomes key because you can actually govern and secure that API. You can decide who has access to it. You can make sure they use it in a way that's secure. And so IT holds some control of it, but is kind of giving the keys of innovation to others in the business. Well, and I think, you know, one of the key things here is the ability to deploy to any cloud and on-prem. And I think that that's, 
you know, if you talk to a hundred CIOs, uh, they have a hundred different, you know, hybrid cloud, on-prem, multi-cloud, you know, everybody has a different kind of vision of where their company is going to be. But most of them, there's some amount of hybrid or multi or whatever it is. And to have something that's lightweight and scalable is super important. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, the move to cloud. The move to cloud has been a good one because every company, so two things. One, the move to cloud, which International Data Corporation, IDC, projects is going to be $418 billion of spend by 2024, which is just insane. So what the move to cloud has done is it's this proliferation of applications that can get spun up pretty quickly. Again, data, right? So how do you use, unlock that data? Integration's at the heart of it. But the other part is companies don't want to just be tethered to one runtime, right, or one cloud infrastructure. They really want this ability to be flexible. And there's the other reality, which is the move to cloud is not going to happen overnight. So you need to operate in an environment where you have really this hybrid of on-prem legacy and cloud environments and probably multi-cloud environments, not just one. And so that's something that at MuleSoft we spend a lot of time and investment thinking through, which is we have a single runtime plane. We call it the runtime runtime fabric that actually lets you run across on-prem environments and multi-cloud environments. So that as you move to cloud, great, you can port your APIs and integrations to any of the cloud environments. If you have on-prem, great, you can run your APIs and integrations on-prem. And that's really what customers are asking for, right, is, hey, we exist in this hybrid world. We still have legacy stuff we need to unlock that's not going to change, and we're moving to cloud I think this has been a big transition, whereas in the past, there's a lot of push around how do I just move all my data into one place, right? And I think people are realizing, again, based on the speed of innovation and the need to compete, they can't wait to do that. They got to unlock data where it is and take advantage of it now. What are some of the challenges that you've seen CIOs and technology leaders have with rolling out an integration strategy? Well, I guess let's start with the fact that the number one reason new initiatives fail is stalled integration projects. So a lot, you know, and and really that's a true stat. It's interesting. I would say the challenge, and frankly, wearing my Salesforce hat, this is one of the reasons that prompted the acquisition was we meet with, you know, all of these customers and customer success is really number one for us, trust and customer success. And customers at the CEO level, but across the business, were coming and saying, I can't transform. I can't connect and drive sales and service and marketing and app dev in a whole new way because my data is trapped and integration is not working for me. And you hear that enough, you realize you got to go help solve the problem, which is really what led to the acquisition of MuleSoft. So I think the key challenges we've seen are, you know, one is just this notion that it is hard and that's that's not going to go away. But the custom code approach makes it a lot harder. So we hear a lot about, you know, point-to-point integration and custom code integration. And what we find is that may actually, if you're just talking about one project, I need data from SAP into this one app. Sure, you could probably get there faster with a developer writing some code and sucking that data out and putting it in the app. But what happens when your next app needs that same data and the next app needs the same data? You're going to have to go write the same code again or find the developer because in all likelihood they didn't document it and it's not reusable. Totally. And so that's the biggest challenge is integration is critical for all of these projects. And we've created this ball of mud in organizations by creating a bunch of point-to-point custom code integrations that don't talk to each other and are not reusable. 
And again, you can't hire enough developers to go fast enough to do that. And data is needed for every single one of these applications. So that's this new approach, which is think about building and integrating in a way that creates reuse versus rebuild is really kind of the paradigm shift here. And it both requires new technology, but also a new way of operating and thinking. Because most developers, what do they want to do? They want to code, right? They think about rebuilding from scratch every single time. And so we also find that we spend a lot of time with customers. We have a model called uh, the MuleSoft Catalyst. And it's really, it's all about the operating model shift, which is, okay, say you get to a place where you're all in on API-led, right? That is the future of app dev, the future of integration. How do you get your teams and your business thinking differently and operating in a way that is geared towards reuse versus rebuild and agility, right? And so that's where there's a lot of thought and time that goes into working with companies at that kind of business change level about how do you how do you really rethink how you operate to take advantage of this great technology. And that goes hand in hand with Salesforce and the broader Salesforce platform as well as how do we, if the end state is helping you digitally transform and succeed and grow, it's not just about great tech, right? You have to think about how you operate differently. Yeah. So what is that kind of like the futuristic kind of outlook? I'm pulling the IT visionaries crystal ball um, out of my pocket here. And like, what does this look like for IT orgs, you know, 10 years in the future? What is, how how are they arrayed different? Does it allow, obviously, for more flexibility, but like, how are their people being used different? What does integration look like, you know, in, in 10 years? Well, I think what's cool is actually, I'll start by saying in 10 years, taking up my crystal ball, I would posit that every company is actually a technology company. Take Tesla as an example, right? Yeah, it's totally. a car company wrapped in a tech company, Yeah. right? This is HSBC, which is joining us at Dreamforce, is a bank wrapped in a technology company. Yeah. So 10 years from now, every company, those that are succeeding are going to be wrapped in a technology platform. And that's just a fundamentally different way of thinking, a different way of operating, not just for IT, but for the entire business. So that's one thing. I would say to get there, the separate thing is IT cannot be the only one that enable that change. You just won't get there fast enough. So how do you partner with your CIO and your entire IT organization, amplify them as strategic enablers of this change, but help them partner with the business and unlock data and assets in such a way that others can take advantage of them. And the business has to be driving that too. Well, and I think that, you know, a lot of the conversations that we've had, the private conversations with CIOs where they're reluctant to push too hard on the leadership team on certain things because, again, they've been seen as a cost center for the previous 10 years or they don't have the social capital to be able to say, hey, we need to do this or we need to make this investment or we need to do that. So how do you, you know, how would you recommend that for the CIOs and technology leaders listening that they approach that, that they approach partnering with the business? So I think the first thing is, and I'm going to get back to your crystal ball because I have one more crystal ball nugget in there. One more prediction. One more prediction. But on the how do you approach business so I'd say start, and, and this is this is less me, more of the conversations I've also had with the CIOs that have been successful in driving this. Start by asking and understanding what are the, the key business problems that the business is trying to solve, right? 
and really help prioritize those. What are the one, two, three things that if we could solve for together, we'd really move the needle, you know, on revenue, on growth, on customer success, whatever that may, that may be. So one is really understand the one or two key business projects that really matter and then pick one, right? Pick one to start and then build that differently and what oftentimes what the, the IT will say is you're not going to get the speed and agility I'm going to promise you in the first project, but give me two projects, give me three projects, and I will come back to you by that second or third project, and I will show you that I'm delivering six times faster, that I'm actually able to not only deliver six times faster, but introduce seven times more features, right, and actually be more agile in terms of you throw me an idea, I can go conquer that quickly. And then the, the, the next key thing is I want to, Mr. and Mrs. Business Leader, I don't just want to be, you know, the, the owner of innovation for this company. Help me help you unlock innovation for our entire organization. Because if we're going to be the digital platform of the future, if we're going to be a healthcare company wrapped in a tech company, IT can't be the only owner of that, right? We got to partner and help everyone own this. And that's the, that's the last prediction, which is, I believe that in the next five to 10 years, everyone in the company is going to be a technologist insofar as they're going to be able to have an idea, especially those that are frontline with the customer, which is really the ones experiencing the pain and the opportunity. They're going to be able to have the assets, the APIs to turn their idea into an app. And that's not just going to be someone in technology. Couldn't agree more. Is that your final, final, final prediction? Or do you have one more for me? All right. Well, I guess I'll pull from the depths and come up with one more. (laughs) I guess one more would be don't think about innovation as restricted to the four walls of your company. Think about the power of the ecosystem outside your company. And if you believe that data can be unlocked and turned into a reusable asset, an API, and you can govern and expose that API inside your company to let everyone innovate, why not let everyone outside your company innovate with that same data asset? Yeah. And imagine the innovation you could get from your partners, from the world of developers, right, that are out there and you expose that asset and give them the chance to think of their best idea. And maybe that ultimately becomes a new monetization opportunity for you. It's not just about selling a full stack product. Data is now the key to your kingdom and is actually the asset that you can monetize. And you can expose that in a way that's governed and secure to the world and see what the world comes up with. Okay, let's get into the lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. I don't need to tell you this, Lindsay, but our listeners need to know. You can go to salesforce.com slash platform to learn more and go do it. Just go check it out. Lightning round questions. Lindsay, are you ready? I'm ready. Number one. What app are you using on your phone that is the most fun? Instagram. What is your favorite thing to cook or eat? Pasta. Do you have a hidden talent or passion? My kids. That's more of a passion than a talent. I feel like that's probably not hidden. (laughs) I'm just going (laughs) to guess that. (laughs) But yeah. I love to run. But okay, it's probably also not really a talent. Yeah. It's just and also, I do. And also not hidden because no. unless you're running in, out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, putting yourself out there. Okay. Favorite vacation spot? Palawan Islands in the Philippines. 
What's your favorite ice cream? Is it one you made yourself? <laughs> no, that'd be super cool. Uh, it is coffee with chocolate chips in it. You know, coffee ice cream with the chocolate chips. I don't know the real name of it, but that's definitely my favorite. I was going to say coffee with chocolate chips, and it just sounds like chocolatey coffee, not yeah, ice no, cream. Yeah, but like it's the ice cream version of uh, it. If I'm you haven't you. tried it, you really should try it. Favorite book or podcast that you've read or listened to recently? Educated. What is your best advice for a first-time CMO? Focus on the team. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? How can we use technology to make the world a better place? How can we? I think it is now, especially in the time we're in, it is all of our responsibility to be thinking about not just business and tech for the sake of business, but truly technology and business as a platform for change. And it is up to all of us to make that part of our job and part of our everyday. Couldn't agree more. Lindsay, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. This has been great. You too. Thanks for having me. I don't know what we're going to integrate after this. Lots of things. But uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Imagine uh, we what do, you can do. We do a ton of crazy APIs at, at Mission. And shout out to our head of growth, who, Dylan, who manages all of that for us. This is awesome. Any final thoughts? No. Have a great day. Thanks for the time. Yep. Take care. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform.